Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with David Bensima, CIO at Baptist Health. In this segment, Bensima talks about why physicians comprised a large portion of the EHR Selection Committee, the fallout CIOs face when staff are poached to form an implementation team, and the immense challenge Meaningful Use Stage 2 poses for rural physicians. In terms of um, the selection process, and this was... Um, I guess a few months after you took on the CMIO role, uh, so I wanted to, to talk about uh, what that process was like. And, um, I mean, first off, it, the way things happened, was this something that was, that was outlined? Obviously, this was going to happen right away, so this was going to be, a, you know, a significant part of your role? No, no, I, I lived the true IT life. Uh, most things uh, come by surprise. Um, <laughs> When I took on the CMIO role, I was being brought on because obviously meaningful use was becoming an increasingly heavy lift, yeah. and I was asked to help with physician engagement and with um, development of additional order sets and I-forms within our existing EHR to help our hospitals achieve meaningful use um, targets. And so came in with that in mind. Um, one month later, our CIO left um, the position and we had an interim appointed. And a month after that, we'd had a review from an outside um, consulting group, and they pointed out what was obvious, um, which was that we needed to get on a unified system. We needed to get away from the incredible disparity that we had in our system, um, and we needed a partner that was going to be able to grow with us. And so we started um, a search process in early October of 2000. 13, and um, I was privileged to have the opportunity to help put that group together, and I was also privileged that I was given, given a lot of leeway, um, Mr. Hansen, our CEO, and uh, the board, and the leadership of Baptist Health all allowed me a lot of opportunity to put together a task force in a way that reflected my heart as a physician. My heart is, um, I was a nursing assistant in 1980 and 81, um, so I have a heart for that whole spectrum of at the bedside care, but I also ran practices from 2006 to 2013, so I understand some of the front office and back office functions. So we put together a task force of um, 36 individuals, 17 of them physicians, which was the largest physician involvement percentage-wise that we'd had in our system, mm -hmm. in my no knowledge, since 2001. Yeah. And uh, we started with four products quickly after initial demonstrations um, and responses to RFPs, quickly whittled that down to two and set up site visits uh, for members of our team. And each site visit had nine members of our team and over the course of the site visits, I think all but three of the 36 had an opportunity to participate in a live site visit somewhere. And we would come back and report to the task force as a whole and began to define and discern uh, what would be our choice, what would be our recommendation to the board. And about March, as we were solidifying that, uh, we began to put together the total cost of ownership assessments for both finalists and actually started that in about February uh, because by late March we had that largely refined and in April um, we came before the leadership of the organization and presented our recommendation 
Uh, we received requests for some clarification, some further detail in the budgeting process, um, some further detail out of the total cost of ownership assessment. Um, and in May, on May 20, I want to say 24th, it's 24th or 27th um, of 2014, we presented the recommendation to the board and received approval of the Baptist Health Board uh, to move forward with the selection, which was, of course, EPIC. And that began that very rapid process of contracting, getting the uh, agreement signed. That was on July 17th. And by July 27th, we had our initial meeting with our EPIC team, um, uh, my team of IT leadership, uh, particularly Tricia Julian, our executive director for the integrated EHR implementation, did an amazing job of interviewing over uh, uh, 450 individuals in the course of two weeks and uh, made selections, made uh, job offers, and we had them on site all together um, by the end of by July 27th and sent them to start their credentialing training at EPIC three days later. And that, and I'm sorry, how many people did that, did that end up being? Uh, for the EPIC team, uh, 175, mm -hmm. 175. Okay. And again, we're a system of 17,500, um, plus or minus a couple hundred um, end users, uh, employees. And so 175 is um, still a uh, pretty lean team. Yeah. Um, but then I'm sure that it was important, uh, just as in the selection process, to get, get the different areas represent, represented. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, um, you know, Epic will tell you, and I'm sure that Cerner and others will tell you, when you're going to put in a, a large-scale implementation, you go for the best and the brightest. Um, and so we took a lot of highly experienced people from within our system, um, had tremendous support from our leadership. That doesn't mean we didn't cause pain, we didn't cause angst, uh, but we had tremendous support from the uh, presidents in each of the hospitals and in the markets. And um, we got the right people on the team. And it's been proven out by the fact that we're hitting our milestones. We continue on satisfactory status on our progress reports. And we uh, remain on track for uh, good, uh, good install status. Just a tremendous group of people. Yeah, I'm sure that couldn't have been an easy conversation some of those times about you know, having to, to give up uh, some of your top people. But like you said, this is what you needed to do to, make, to keep this thing on track. Yeah, and I know you love Sue, and I know that Sue really helped develop your nursing workflows. That's why we need her on Epic. Right. And that poor chief nursing officer who lost Sue lost somebody that they probably had 15 years invested in and depended on hugely. Right. So I'm, I'm aware of that. I, I, I honestly feel that pain of having do, done that, and I have to keep focusing on the fact that what we're doing is creating a better experience for everyone in the future um, as we come onto a unified system and we don't have as many workarounds, we don't have as many um, information drops. So I know there's something great coming. It's keeping that vision in front of myself and helping others see that vision. Right. Now, when you talked about the task force you put together and that, that would, seems to me also like a pretty high number of physicians. Um, who else was represented, and you know what, what about IT? Like, how much of the group did that make up? Uh, myself, if you could call me IT at that time, you know, three months into it, and a physician of 16 years practice, 
and Mike Brown, our Executive Director for Operations in IT. And that was it, um, okay. two, two IT people. We had one of the Clinical Information Technology Directors, one of the CIT Directors. Uh, we had um, a CNO, we had a Nursing VP um, who had ED, Lab, Radiology. We had uh, people from imaging, people from physical therapy. We had members from lab. Uh, we had um, back office functions, so we had finance, uh, revenue cycle folks. We had um, physician billing office represented. Uh, we had the physician employment arm in terms of administration represented, as well as um, a number of the physicians were involved from the physician employment group. But we also had, as I emphasized earlier, some of our independent affiliated physicians on that mm -hmm. task force. Right. Um, so broad representation, uh, 36 is never going to represent everybody, but they were told that they were brought on because of their personal technical expertise, but also because they had been identified as somebody within the system who could get their head up and function as a CEO and take that broader view and work for the good of the entire system. Um, they were encouraged and they did a very good job of going back and where we lacked representation, they sought input um, and uh, did a great job of presenting the process to their colleagues in their hospitals and making sure that we were getting feedback from throughout the system. Right. And uh, certainly a lot of focus on um, usability and, and you know, the, uh, the experience that, that people are going to have using the system with, with that kind of group. Exactly. Yeah, the focus was on the end user experience. Um, you know, we have eight principles for our EPIC implementation and one that we had adopted um, before we even started the task force and we've carried it over is uh, operationally led IT supported. And that's kind of been the mantra of the department um, through that process, but then it became the mantra of the department uh, formally when I took over as CIO um, in April of this year, of last year, excuse me, a year ago. Okay. So um, you mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, meaningful use and, and the role you had there, um, you know, with, with physician engagement. And um, first off, where, where does the organization stand now in terms of meaningful use and attestation? We are in uh, year two of meaningful use stage two in six of our hospitals and year one of meaningful use stage two in Richmond. Uh, we had successfully attested in all of the hospitals both for the stage one phases and for um, this past uh, uh, fiscal year, past Medicare fiscal year for meaningful use stage two again in um, six of the hospitals in meaningful use stage one year two in Richmond. Uh, so we've been successful. Uh, we are continuing to move apace, um, looking like everyone else for some help and hope from uh, the um, CMS that they are going to go with a three-month reporting period this year. Uh, that would certainly make our lives easier. Um, we have the same struggles as the rest of the world, remembering and focusing on getting the uh, printed summary of care document in the hands of greater than 50% of patients. Right. Um, that's more of a complication in the hospital than in the physician offices because the discharge um, clerk in a physician offices um, or that checkout process is a little more consistent, um, whereas in the hospital or in a, uh, a hospital-based experience, whether it's an imaging study or an inpatient um, stay, it's harder to hardwire who's in charge of making sure that that gets in the patient hand. 
and we're seeing this with all of our colleagues across the country, that that 50% mark is a tough one to keep up. You know, it's, it, getting everyone to focus for three months was one thing. Getting everyone to do it as every patient every time um, is still a lift. Uh, we are fortunate, even though uh, Corbin, Kentucky, and Madisonville, Kentucky have low penetrations of broadband Internet access. Uh, they're rural areas, um, and we are struggling as a state. In fact, um, we just had an announcement of an initiative, a, a partnership with a, um, an Australian venture capital firm by our state to put broadband in all 120 counties by 2018. Uh, that will help us immensely, but in the meantime, we have a lot of folks who don't have Internet in the house, uh, but surprisingly, we're hitting that 5% uh, viewed um, and accessed um, mark across our system, which we're grateful for. 25% would be a lift. <laughs> the, the 2018 Meaningful Use Stage 3 current recommendations or a preliminary um, announcement, uh, if they stick with the 25%, that would be quite a lift. For our system. Yeah, and certainly not uh, just your system. That's, I think that's something that, that kind of gives, scares a lot of people. So that's, that's a huge number, especially when you're dealing with, uh, you know, all of the challenges of patient engagement, whether it's not even having access to the Internet or just, uh, you know, not uh, using it consistently. Yeah, well, and, and empathy in every role is very important, and I was an internal medicine physician and obviously empathy there is a huge part of what I did every day. Um, I would hope that policymakers view their policy recommendations in an empathetic manner and realize that not every place is Lexington, Kentucky with a university with a um, very, very highly um, educated workforce and a high avidity for technology. Um, many of our sites are not that. And you just have to have empathy for the hospitals and for the patients um, to understand that this is not where they are, all, not all of them. Uh, they're not all ready to have electronic communication with us. Um, I think more than some of my physician colleagues uh, would contend, but fewer than CMS um, and policymakers have assumed. So hopefully they'll continue to hear us on the uh, um, comment period. We certainly are commenting. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.